Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this August 17th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuis joined alongside Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us. Show brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Dylan, you and I will be calling the Hedgesville hosting Washington game next Friday. I'll be on play-by-play. You'll be on or Thursday, excuse me. I'll be on play-by-play. You'll be on color, and then you'll be doing sidelines for us for football for Martinsburg, and then calling volleyball. Uh, that we'll have our full slate of volleyball begins August 30th. Are you excited? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I know. When uh, you told me the news uh, yesterday, you didn't think my reaction was too excited about it, but that was just just containing it a little bit. But I'm definitely excited, especially football season. I'm a football guy before any other sport, so really looking forward to that. He just didn't want to, you know, draw attention to him jumping up and down like a, you know, <laughs> you stay humble or something. Yeah, you stay, you humble, stay humble. You know? Stay humble. Stay, stay yeah. humble. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Stay humble. That is uh, Craig Hunter's motto from last year. That's right. (laughs) And that's Dylan Bishop's motto. That's where he got the motto from. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, let's get into the show today. Last night on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, Washington edition of EPAC All Access premiered. Talked with Glenn Simpson, Rodrigo Delgado, and uh, now I'm blanking on Joe Joe Vrobel. I don't know why I was blanking on that. Excuse me, my fault there. Blanket on Joe Verbal. We'll talk to them. Great mic'd up segment with Coach Simpson. A lot of teaching things, and I think that was a, it was a good mic'd up segment. If you if you missed it, it will be replaying throughout the uh, next week or so on TV10. You can watch it anytime on WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, let's get into Coach Simpson's interview, Nick. Yeah, let's do that. Welcome back to EPAC All Access as we're joined now by the Washington Patriots head coach, Glenn Simpson. Coach Simpson, welcome into the show. Thank you uh, for having us here at practice here today. Uh, let's get right into it. Five and five last year. Uh, what are your hopes here this year? Oh, well, I hope for a lot better than five and five. We got an experienced group. Um, we got a bunch of young men who have done all the right things. They've worked the right way. They've put in the time. They've uh, made those football deposits over the last several years, and now it's time to start uh, cashing some of those out. And uh, you're moving a couple guys around on the offense on the wing side here, uh, moving Robel to quarterback, and then moving Delgado to a fullback, and uh, you know, kind of that heavy guy that will t- or guy that will take the heavy reps on the wing. Mm-hmm. What does that say about just trying to fine tune that wing? Well, I mean, just like every year, you know, every team is different. Every you know, you have to. Uh, assess what what you've got on the field and you try to put them in the best positions to to make you successful and we feel like uh, Joe's put his time in at the wing position and done a great job for us but I feel like he's ready to take on a a more dynamic role uh, you know as he's grown up in in the system and uh, I'm very excited about what he can accomplish in our system at the quarterback position We've talked a lot about uh, with 
both the players and, and you so far, the offense. Uh, who kind of has stood out to you defensively so far though, this uh, summer? Well, uh, there have been a few. There have been a few. Uh, D.J. Smith and, uh, well, all of our linebackers, D.J. Smith, Chase Crutchley, and Garrett Fauble have done a phenomenal job in our stack. Um, they, are, they are really playing fast football right now. Uh, I'm excited to see them in scrimmage this weekend. Uh, our defensive line, I mean, they're going to be so much fun to watch this year. You know, I, I believe we got some dudes. We got – I'll put my D line up against anybody. We are good. All right. I, I'm excited for them as well. And, uh, you know, Joe out there at corner has been, been a, a great uh, position for us. He, he's been so good for us at corner the last couple of years. I expect him to continue to, to uh, show how good he can be. What's it been like uh, teaching these guys the wing – Mm-hmm. type style offense because it's one of the more unique styles so kids nowadays probably don't even think of that style anymore how is it like training them and getting them used to that well the the part that's that's interesting the part that's really unique is you know when you take uh most of these most of these young men growing up they have played flag football which is great and you know there's there's lots of lots of things to draw on from that experience but the single wing it it is so contrarian to the the norms in football today and that's what makes it so unique for us you know that's that's why why we embrace it so much because what they have to they're going to learn more about themselves than they are about the scheme because it requires a level of physical and mental toughness to do something that you maybe have never done before. The, the attitude, the blocking demeanor, the, the attitude that um, you, know, you are going to spill your guts out on the field to do something that is not necessarily going to bring glory to you. All right. So uh, we embrace that. That's a part of our team culture. Uh, part of our brotherhood and so that as much as anything is what I think is going to help us be successful is the buy-in to that culture that that the team is more important than me I'm going to block my tail off because my team is going to be successful and we've talked about it on our show recently it it seems like you guys you know coming in the last two seasons being five and five uh, with just the numbers that you that you have comparatively to the other schools, mm-hmm. it's a pretty impressive to go to have to be ten and ten over two years sure. with an average of about thirty players on a team. How's the numbers looking this year, Coach? Well, we're about the same. We we got a pretty consistent uh, stream of uh, of young men coming into our program. Um, I'd like to say that that we are increasing a little bit. We're starting to get some interest in the school. Kids kids who are already walking the halls, they're like, wow, you know what, I think I'd like to come play football. So they're starting to matriculate out to us in that regard. We have a few more players right now than we've had the last couple of years. I feel like we're uh, growing a bit. And a lot of it has to do with these guys. Because they go out there and and they live our culture, you know it's not it's not a show it's not put on they live it, and 
a lot of kids are drawn to that. So I, I feel like we're, we're building a little bit. We're getting a few more people. And uh, it's all, the future's bright here at Washington High School. What stands out to you so far about this group uh, and, and just the way they've worked? And you've been with them for four years now. So This group loves to be together. They, it doesn't matter that, you know, you'll find, you'll find a, a bunch of them at IHOP, you know, after morning workouts. You'll, you, you know, you get them in the locker room, they're at home. They, they love being together. Very tight group. And it seems like you have a pretty disciplined group here. They all come down about, you know, 15 minutes prior to practice. You said you guys get on the field at, at 3.30. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like it's a very tight-knit group. Well, it's a tight-knit group, and we have some great leadership on the, on the team. Uh, we have a, a group of volunteers who uh, want to be a part of our uh, leadership development group. And so they get uh, tasked with different responsibilities, and um, we take the opportunity for different uh, learning experiences and so forth and help them to uh, learn some things outside of the, the game of football. And as that occurs, that trickles out from the team, from, from those leaders out to the rest of the team. And, you know, that leads to exactly what you're talking about. Week one, you guys take on Hedgesville on the road on Thursday. We'll have that game on TV 10 as well as Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, what will we see from your team during that game? You'll see a lot of grit. You'll see a lot of discipline. Um, you'll see a, a competitive spirit that I think is going to be the hallmark of this team this year. All righty. Thank you, Coach Simpson, as we wrap this. Here we are back live on this edition of the Sports Mix here. Again, you can watch that replaying on TV 10 throughout the week and anytime you want to on WRNR TV on YouTube. And, uh, you know, good impressions there from that Washington camp as we as we talked about on the show after we went. Every single camp, it seems like, is geared up and uh, ready to go, beaming with confidence. We haven't. I mean, obviously we wouldn't hear a team be like, oh, I don't know how we're going to be this year. Since we struggled last year, it probably is going to be the same old, same old. That's not what you want to hear from a team. And we've heard from each team that it's playoffs or bust, that they want winning records. Well, we didn't hear I mean, maybe not word for team. word, but that's the gist. That Everybody the wants gist. to make the playoffs this year. But again, it's archived online on WRNR TV on YouTube, same as Muscleman tonight at uh, 8 p.m. You can see the Martinsburg EPAC All Access one hour edition as we interview Coach Sherman, Ezra Bajant, Murphy Clement, EJ Hendricks, and Cam Shallis. It'll be 8 p.m. tonight on WRNR TV on YouTube as well as TV 10 replaying throughout the week. Uh, but yesterday we went out to Hedgesville football practice, which again, you, you look at that team last year to this year. Totally different, and uh, Colin's exact phrase that he just used. Uh, this is uh, Hedgesville High School coach Matt Faircloth yesterday. It's playoffs or bust for us. I mean, and that's the seniors. The seniors came forward, and you know we set goals every year, but the seniors say if we don't make the playoffs, we didn't achieve what we wanted to. So for us, it's playoffs or bust. We're all in, and we're going to put all the chips in the middle of the table and see where it goes. That was Coach Matt Faircloth, and. Uh, and we talked with Jackson Ruest and Kyle Whaley as well yesterday. That should air tomorrow night. 
I believe tomorrow night we'll be able to get that on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube for you. Uh, but guys, I, I think we see a lot more matured, a lot more uh, ready to go team at Hedgesville High School compared to the last year. Even even though they built over the last three years. Yeah, I think uh, Hedgesville definitely has an intriguing uh, team coming back this year. You look at some of their core pieces; they have experience a quarterback with Jackson Ruest. Uh, Kyle Whaley wasn't their starting running back last year, but he did get a few carries here and there uh, with Nathan Albright really being their main guy in the backfield. Uh, And then they returned Tanner Matthew. They have some other exciting wide receivers that they think could make some plays for them this year on the outside. So it's a little bit different potential look from Hedgesville last year, a very run-heavy team. I still think they'll rely on the run for the majority of the offense because that is kind of how they're – personnel is built uh you know big physical offensive line you know a lot of strong kids that they can use in the backfield so I think that's probably the best route for success but every once in a while they definitely have good athletes that they could make some plays with those wide receivers and Ruest is a quarterback that is seems ready to take a bigger role this year as a senior and have more success through the air so they want to spread it around a little bit more uh, mix things up offensively and defensively. I think we're looking at a really good unit. I mean, a tough veteran defensive line up front. Um, linebackers with a lot of success from last year returning and Whaley and a few others out there. Uh, secondary, I think there's a few question marks. You know, you lose Kanye Smith at corner, who's a solid contributor for you last year. But overall, you know, Hedgesville now has the confidence. They seem to have more preparation, be a little bit more organized heading into this week one matchup against Washington where you could make a five-six win mark and, and find their way into the playoffs. It's going to be, though, a tough year, as we know, in the EPAC for every team. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this week one matchup. And before we interviewed uh, Jackson yesterday, he said, can I get one more throw in? And it was probably, what, a 40-yard throw you're thinking over there Spencer I see you nodded your head yes and it was right on the money in the back of the end zone so it looks like he has a pretty good arm so I would not be surprised we kind of got a little hint of it from coach Faircloth that Hedgesville might be a uh, team that wants to spread it out this year we'll see how much they like doing that because we know especially with Whaley what we heard from him he likes to be that hard-nosed right up the middle downhill type runner and that's what Hedgesville's game has typically been throughout history so we'll have to wait and see but this team should be a fun one to keep an eye on should be fun a fun one to keep an eye on we're going to go to our guest second to last practice technically our last practice we attempted to go to practice on Monday but it got uh, pushed to the gym We'll be back at Jefferson tomorrow to finish up our filming for EPAC All Access. But today, we'll be out at Springwells High School for Cardinal practice. In about, uh, what, two hours we'll be there. Getting set up, ready to interview Coach Josh Sims and a couple players. Uh, but guys, uh, this this is a young team. And they, they've built from last year. Max Anderson had to come in, and he, he started the game against Martinsburg. And I think that, that kind of goes to show with the grit that he's got. And he plays basketball as well, so he's a, a fierce competitor on and off the court and field <laughs> yeah and they lose uh Jaleel hunter there on the outside jameer excuse me so uh you know he's at martinsburg now so that was a good athlete that they had that could go up and make some plays uh for that young quarterback so spring mills definitely has some questions uh but four and six a year ago for head coach josh sims 
Um, and this is a program that really in all sports seemed to be on the rise a little bit with their young athletic talent. So I, I could see, again, Spring Mills being kind of one of those middle-of-the-pack teams that are borderline five and five, six-win team. If they can get to that point, uh, you could see them in the playoffs. So, you know, those games, when we get into the EPAC season, are really going to determine who ends up making it and who doesn't. Because like we said you know, yesterday when we were doing EPAC All Access, it does seem like Martinsburg will obviously be Martinsburg and we can expect them to be in the playoffs. I think that's everybody's expectation. Everybody else in the EPAC, it's like you could see them winning – five, six, seven, eight games maybe even, or maybe three wins because they just have a really tough schedule, and three wins obviously is not going to get you in the playoffs. So uh, the rest of the EPAC is very open, and whoever ends up winning those like individual matchups is really going to determine things, and that's why it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, Max Anderson is in another tough spot to lead this team at the quarterback position. He's only a sophomore. So we'll have to see how much he's grown from his freshman year and if that's enough to be able to have Spring Mills be able to compete. I mean, it was a 4-6 and six season last year. He didn't play the entire time. He didn't come in to be the starter until Martinsburg, so I can't remember what they went after that standpoint to go with a record for what Max Anderson had as a starter. But we'll have to see how he does now. I think he'll be fine, but is it enough at a varsity level to be successful and be able to get to that playoff threshold that Spring Mills wants to have. And they got a 31-6 victory over North Hagerstown the next week, and then the final two weeks they fell to Albert Gallatin out of Uniontown, Pennsylvania, 15-7, to and then the final week they fell to Morgantown, 49-13. to uh, And that was Morgantown, I believe, that got that win got them into the playoffs. Yep. I think a big thing with the Spring Mills over the years has been that they don't have a lot of size on benches. That's been an issue for them, having the same kind of size that Martinsburg and these other EPAC teams have. So I think a big question, especially with a young quarterback, is are you able to let him stay upright and have time to throw back there? Because if he's you know, a sophomore quarterback back there having to deal with a lot of pressure uh, against these other EPAC teams, it, it makes things a lot harder for him. It definitely does. And uh, before we get – what we'll do right now is we'll step aside for a break. When we come back, we'll talk Shepherd Women's Hoops, a lot of new additions uh, with our resident Shepherd Women's Hoops fan, super fan, I guess we'd call it. Extra. Got a lot of connects. Insider. Uh, insider. Yeah. How about that? Shepherd Rams Women's Hoops Insider. We'll be back after this two-minute break. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. Back in two minutes. I was feeling like myself for the first time in a long time. The reigning Class AAA state champion Martinsburg Bulldogs are ready to run it back. Snap back placement down. Kick is blocked. It's blocked and it's taken right out of the air. Racing down the near side is Cam Shallis with blockers. He's to the 40, to the Jefferson 30 and 20. He's to the 10 and Shallis is going to return it all the way. The Bulldogs open the 2022 season at home Friday, August 26th against Salem out of Virginia. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. only on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
Welcome back to this August 17th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Bunick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us here. Turn our attention now to Shepherd Women's Hoops. And we talked with uh, head coach Julie Kaufman, what now, two, two months ago? I think about two months ago. And uh, obviously coming into uh, an interesting situation with the uh, – having you know coach Eckleberry having left the timing that she left and then other players transferring out and people deciding they wanted to leave as well uh that having to build that roster I think it started with seven players and uh Dylan they're building that roster day by day they're posting it on uh, on their Twitter page yeah, they've been posting the new players one by one on the Twitter page. But if you go to the website, they kind of have basically a full roster here of uh, nine new incoming players. Uh, it's a less f- straight-up freshman than you might expect. There's from smaller schools in here. Uh, the notable transfers that I uh, notice here, I might butcher these names, but Naresha and Thuresha Miller, 6-2 twins from uh, Alderson Broadus, uh, originally from Landover, Maryland, who are coming in. Uh, that's already looking at this roster. They also have a 5'11 a freshman coming in from Springfield, Virginia, Kamel Colbert. This is already more size than the team had the last three years. Uh, they essentially the last couple of years, you had Sydney Clayton, who was as great as she was, not as tall as her other's counterparts at center at only at about 5'11. You had uh, Anna Ross a couple of years ago, who was really the only person over six foot on the team. And last year, they didn't really replace her with any size. You had Kara Miner, who stands at 5'11", kind of acting as the stretch five backup center. And she is the only senior left on this team. This is a young team now. Uh, They've also filled out the roster with Kendall Haggerty, a junior from Frederick, Maryland, coming from CCBC. Peyton Grant, a freshman from Plymouth, Maine. Uh, Riley Bolliard, a sophomore from Meredith College. And uh, local... Local kid, Olivia, is it Meyer? Olivia Meyer from Mayor. Martinsburg? Mayor. Mayor. Yep. Olivia Mayer from Martinsburg, who I heard that you guys are a little bit of familiar with. So yeah, and ask- we are, and I think uh, when you look at this roster, when we talked to her when she was on the show a couple months back, you know, I said, you're probably going to look at that transfer portal, but maybe not for those juniors and seniors. And for the most part, it seems like she's got transfers in that are sophomores, uh, minus Kendall Haggerty, who comes from a JUCO. Uh, community college, everybody else's sophomores that are being transferred in. So I think that's her, leaving her mark on the program, trying to build a program, not build for a year or two. Yeah, it's They're really building for three years. It's really going to be a question mark with this team when it comes to pretty much everything because the players that are left from last year either didn't get much playing time or the playing time that they did get, they weren't primary ball handlers, they weren't primary scorers. Kara Miner was essentially a pick-and-pop shooter at the 4-5. and five. Megan Shipley was kind of a lane filler. And then past that, you start to get into players that didn't get much playing time. Sydney Bowles, Jordan Carr, and uh, Madison Mertz, and Alyssa Turner. It's you know, I think if from what I've seen, Sydney Bowles is the one that has the most potential to take on a much bigger role than what she had. She seems like she has some ability to handle the ball, get into the lane and slash, a little bit of shooting. But she really only played, you know, you know, garbage time minutes and here and there would get in and with some foul trouble. But from what I've seen of her on the court, I, I like what she has to offer. Megan Shipley, if she can add some stuff to her game, and Kara Miner. I, I think Kara is the big thing. She's, the again, the only senior. So if she can add some stuff to her game outside of the three-point shot, 
she can probably be the leading scorer on this team, but it's hard to say, you know, who that's going to be and who's going to be the, the point guard. I'm waiting to see how the team chemistry looks because of how many new people there will be there at Shepard having to learn how to play with each other and also play under a new style. Yeah, you got some returners, but you got a new head coach, so every single player is going to have to learn that new style under Coach Kaufman, and to be successful, I think it's going to take a few years, like Spencer said, maybe three is the uh, threshold that we might see some more progress. But this season, I just want to see how the team chemistry is and to see game by game little progress going forward each time. I think, too, the uh, key point that Dylan brings up was the size in in the more tall players being recruited by Shepard because if we go back to when we spoke with Julie Kaufman, she is a post oriented coach wants to run more post oriented offense so that's clearly the direction that Shepard's going in uh, with the recruiting here for this season and that's one thing you can't coach is is height so if anything the Rams could uh, definitely you know be able to control the inside which is kind of the opposite of what they've done in the past and that might help them get a few more wins than you would expect if you have you know two six two players out there uh, that are twins as well. I don't know if they play together, but I imagine they can, and uh, that could be a dynamic duo down low for Shepard this year. Definitely something to look out for, I think. Could be. Yeah, definitely could be. Uh, but uh, we'll try and get Coach Kaufman on here just to kind of talk about filling out the roster because when we talked to her before, she just had the players she inherited and potentially one freshman, I think, that was committed. I could be totally wrong on that. I think that was the case. I can't totally remember back in June about what it was, but uh, we'll see where Shepard Women's Hoops goes. Now let's transition to the NFL Commanders. Uh, Commanders offensive coordinator Scott Turner has high praise for Carson Wentz. Quote, Carson has which is kind of interesting with all <laughs> and with everything that's gone on in the last week about his critiques. I've heard that one before. Preseason, preseason praise, and then we'll see what happens in the regular season. I agree. It's only a matter of time with that regular season coming on which Carson Wentz we see because remember we talked last week about it was the narrative that he's been inconsistent. So which is it when we're hearing both sides now? It's very confusing and you never know what to believe, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it seems like the the coaches and his teammates have been very high praising Carson Wentz and then just a lot of the reports from the DC media seem to be more so he's a little bit inconsistent um I think Carson Wentz though is a decent quarterback I think he's an upgrade over what Washington has had the past couple of years so from that perspective if he can just you know play well consistently which I know is a big stretch because he hasn't really done that since he got injured uh Washington could find themselves potentially in a wild card spot or maybe even toward the top of the division. I mean, I don't think Philly is too much ahead of them. I would rank Philly as the top team just personally. And then uh, the Cowboys, I think they have some question marks with their injuries at wide receiver and just not a, a lot, lot of penalties lot of defense in week one of the preseason like for them as well. 
But, but yeah, it'll be interesting we'll see. to see where <laughs> things shake out with Carson Wentz. It's, I mean, it's been proven. We've seen Carson Wentz has led teams to the playoffs and you know, or near the playoffs. We saw last year on the Colts with a good supporting cast around him. Uh, if they didn't have a meltdown in the very last game of the regular season, they would have made the playoffs in a tough AFC. The NFC isn't quite as tough. Now, does Washington have quite as good of a supporting cast as the Colts? Maybe not. Can they put him in the same position to succeed? You know, Frank Reich is a very good offensive coach for the Colts. We'll see if they can do the same things over there in Washington with Ron Rivera. But the NFC isn't quite as tough as the AFC. So there are wild card spots open. Essentially, you know, if Carson Wentz can play up to the level that he's played in the past, you know, the coach, the level that his coaching has gotten him up to in Philadelphia and Indy, they can sneak into a wild card spot. I think they can. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Well, obviously, time will tell as the as the season goes on to see where the Commanders are as we get deeper into the season. I think the beginning of the season. First couple games, I think they have a good chance to win facing uh, really young teams and the Jaguars. Uh, but uh, let's move our attention to uh, the Chargers as a new deal gets done for Derwin James as he was a another one of those hold-in guys where they're coming in, they're reporting, but they're not practicing, they're not going to play. They're just reporting, going in the meetings, in the weight room, but not practicing on the field. And he gets a, a big contract, uh, four-year $76.4 million deal to become the NFL's highest paid safety. Uh, that, according to Adam Sheffer, the deal is an average annual value of $19.13 million and resets the safety market as he's now the highest paid safety in NFL history. Yeah, uh, safeties, I mean, that number almost sounds low when you hear you know the other contracts that get thrown around to wide receivers, quarterbacks, and other positions like that. And safety is kind of the more devalued position, but... I mean, Derwin James is a playmaker, uh, you know, fly, good tackler, you know, really good guy to have on your back end. And, and the Chargers are looking at themselves as a Super Bowl contender, I think, this year after what they did uh, in the offseason, picking up, you know, some pass rushers in Khalil Mack. Uh, they already have Joey Bosa on that D line. You have Derwin James there in the secondary, along with some good corners. So defensively, pretty tough. And. Obviously, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, and Justin Herbert, uh, he needs to take that next step. I think for them to get into the playoffs and stuff like that before you can necessarily put them as a Super Bowl contender. But I think roster-wise, there's definitely a ton of talent on that team. You know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen at wide receiver. Uh, you know, good running backs in Austin Eckler there. So, I mean, they're definitely a formidable team. And locking up Derwin James, if they're gonna start getting into the playoffs and being a contender here this, that's a guy you need uh, to be a part of your championship window so definitely a good move I think for the Chargers and really not too bad of a price uh, for you know one of the best players in the league at his position yeah the the problem with the Chargers last year was the defense so adding in Khalil Mack and JC Jackson at cornerback we had a big contract they gave to him they had for much of the season the worst rushing defense in the NFL so I'm not sure if those additions help that out, but the hoping that the defense overall is a good thing. Cleo Mack's a good run defender, so they get that, and they get another year of Justin Herbert's development into you know one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They could definitely, even in a tough division, they could potentially win it or be one of the top wild card teams. You know, Hornby's definitely happy with this signing. 
haven't heard him talk about it yet, but he's happy uh, being a Chargers he didn't see it. fan. He's a busy. <laughs> but I, I'd list James as one of the uh, top safeties in the NFL, so I like the signing, especially in that AFC West where you need a safety with his talent to be able to hold down that secondary when you got to go up against guys like Wilson, guys like Mahomes, guys like Carr twice a year. So I think it's a smart move by the Chargers, especially if they want to be Super Bowl contenders this year, to lock him down and finally get him to stop being uh, in that hold-in situation, I guess is what they're calling it now. Yeah, it's where it's not a hold-out. You just you come actually come in, but you're not on the field. You're just working out in the film room, uh, in the meeting rooms. You're just not actually on the field, which I think is better because you're around the team. It's going to happen at some point if you're there. You're confident as a player with these new hold-in situations. I feel like you're confident as a player that something's going to get done. Time's just going to – it's just going to take some time. So you want to be around the team. You don't want to lose that valuable time of being around your teammates and building the camaraderie and the chemistry. Yeah, I believe the reason that this is happening now is that the new CBA that was just signed a couple years ago has pretty hefty fines for missing training that too. camp. Yep. So the guys are technically showing up to training camp, but not working out in the full capacity. So that's probably how they've it's a whole new level. Gotten, I'm here, so I just don't get fined. Yeah, that's their way of getting around it. That's why Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, last off season ended up reporting to training camp because he would have had to incur all those fines. Hey, a uh, former WVU alum is getting the start again in the preseason. Uh, that is Geno Smith as a. Uh, Drew positive for COVID, and he will miss Thursday's game. Uh, this could be a win for Geno Smith. If he can play well. In a dark Drew way, yeah, if he plays well. If it gives him win for him. gives him more of a chance to potentially get the starting job for the beginning of the season against Drew Locke. If you know Drew Locke can't get out on the field and show that he's worthy of the starting job, then they're almost forced to throw out Geno Smith there if they don't have enough uh, – you know, reps on film enough of a sample size with Drew Locke to say that we're confident, then they got to throw out the guy that they has been on the team for a little longer. Yeah, I think that'll uh, it'll see you'll see some more things potentially there from Geno Smith. Uh, but sticking with quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers uh, was meeting with the media yesterday. He was very candid about how frustrated he is with his young receivers. Uh, again, they uh, they lose a bunch of players. They lose a bunch of receivers. Trading Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Tale as uh, old as time. His, Valdez Scanlon now he's on the Chiefs. On the Chiefs. Yeah, so they're so really they're they have don't have a receiver core. I believe their wide receiver one is now Alan Lazard, and they drafted Christian Watson from uh, North Dakota State in the first round. He might end up being the wide receiver too. He was a guy. Well, that was, he's probably Aaron Rodgers is most likely frustrated with him. You might, yeah, that's probably like I said. I was about to say that uh, you know he was a guy that a lot of draft experts were very hit and miss on. Like some guys thought him as first rounders, some some guys thought him as second or third. I know you got Sammy Watkins there though. I mean, for all six games that he plays in the season, then sure, yeah, Randall he might. Cobb, Amari Rogers, he'll be great in week one. Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is pretty good for you for a few games of the season. Then he misses wasn't about even six good weeks. for the games he played last season for the Ravens. Well, week you one. know what's something to be concerning? It's always good is, week uh, one. I believe if you yes, look at that yeah. pup list for the, uh, excuse me, the Packers, uh, David Bakhtiari is still on that pup list, and he he was dealing with an injury that he should have been back at the end of last season was taken off the pup list, I believe, or taken off the injured reserve. 
and then never played another game and went back on the injured reserve, I believe. That was kind of what happened with Ronnie Stanley last year, except yeah. he play, tried to play a few games. So that's big. I mean, the Packers typically have guys that they uh, can sub in at you know right tackle, left tackle. They typically have at least one or two swing guys that they can move around, like a Billy Turner or an El- Elkton Jenkins, who I don't believe they're on the team now. But they typically have one or two of those guys that they scout out that they can replace with. So, but David Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles in the NFL, so it's a big difference still. I'm uh, very questionable if the Packers will win the North this year, which sounds kind of crazy to say because it's usually their division. Uh, Minnesota, I think, has the talent to win it, but I feel like they had the talent to win it last year, and they still came up short in a lot of games, and that's why they didn't. But you just look at the weapons offensively. I mean, but they have Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's and then, Kirk isn't that bad though. I don't. I feel like Zimmer was holding him back a little bit. I don't know, Maybe. but Kirk Cousins much. could get COVID again, and then he's out again. That's so true. Knows? But Aaron Rodgers yeah. doesn't have the vaccine either. Anybody can get COVID, even if apparently you have the he did say he got vaccinated. Did know. he? Huh, how about know. that? He got but, vaccinated, but what does that mean? Who knows? It, it, didn't he say uh, that last year? No, he didn't say he was vaccinated. He said he was uh, immunized. immunized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Vikings are a question mark because Kevin O'Connell, their new you know coach that they got from the Rams. A lot of these teams are trying this thing out where they try to get the next Sean McVay by just looking at who Sean McVay hires as his assistants. And and then Arizona's trying it with Cliff Kingsbury as sort of the this, this same kind of mold. And so far, it's pretty iffy if that's working out. So does just hiring a Sean McVay assistant work out for you? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I'm just saying, though, offensively, I mean, you have Dalvin Cook, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a playoff offense to me. But they got Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's that bad. I think he's decent. To give Aaron Rodgers that, he might finally get a Super Bowl again. Then he had talent around him, and he couldn't win anything. All right, well, we've got to hit the break. We Not being the back. Bucks either way. we got to hit the break. When we come back, we'll talk NFL Top 100 for a minute, and then we'll hit another break. The segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer beddings. Outdoor living in his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson. We go to Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back in two minutes. Talk NFL Top 100. 52-100 has been revealed. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR in TV 10. Spencer Winnick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop, happy to have you with us. So we'll talk NFL Top 100 quickly. And uh, the funniest thing happened when I was actually watching that show, not purposefully. I was actually watching that preseason game because there's really nothing on Sunday night. And so there's a preseason game on NFL Network. I can't remember which preseason game it was, to be completely honest with you. But it was live. Uh and I just had my TV on NFL Network, and then all of a sudden, 8 p.m. pops up, and it's NFL Top 100. And I'm like, oh, let's just watch it. And uh, Kyle Juszczyk, isn't he the former fullback for the Ravens? Yeah. Juice, Harvard guy. Um, they had this funny joke because when they were originally doing the Top 100, uh, Tom Brady hadn't retired yet. And then he, when he retired, they were like, oh, well, then Kyle Juszczyk pops in at number 100. And then he unretires, so he pops out. Now Tom Brady is whatever, wherever Tom Brady was. He's not in yet because we yeah, don't know 50. We don't know where it is. Number one. Yeah. He's in the top 50, basically. Uh, but then, who announces his retirement? 
in Rob June. Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement I in June. Had him in the top 100. He was 83, I believe, is what they said. So uh, everybody moved up a spot, and Kyle Juszczyk, or Juszczyk. Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk pops back in. I thought that was a pretty funny story they did at the beginning of it. And uh, Colin, you got to connect to somebody working in the top 100. We had him on the show, yes, too. Yes, Todd Schmidt. Todd was, Schmidt's uh, one producer. of the producers for NFL Films that helped out with the uh, NFL Top 100. Yeah. Can you ask Todd why Mac Jones is on the list? I mean, we could. Can you ask Todd why Justin Tucker is not like in the top 75? Because I mean, a, he's a kicker. He's so like the best still kicker the in NFL history. How many kickers make the top 100? Probably only one. Probably only him. If he's in the 90s, I can't imagine anyone else is in the top 50. I mean, 50. the other you'd argue is Boswell, right? Also, Adele Beckham makes number 90, but he's not on the team. This that is, is for fair. It's voted on by the players. Well, this is 2022 because he's injured. Injuries, yeah. I still think you got to take Jonathan Allen. He's probably not going to play this year. Justin Tucker did win the, a game Jonathan all Allen. on his own. For the Ravens. Yeah. John Allen for the Commanders, the only Washington player in the top 100, so we don't have to worry about oh. anybody in the top 50. Did they really say that? Yeah, it says it right here on NFL.com, the recap. The only Washington player in the top 100. Allen has been a key part of the Commanders' defense. Does it say how many? Terry's not going to be in the top 100? So would, would you all how say that? How does that make sense? Is, would you all say that Jonathan Allen's the best player on the Commanders? I would say he's almost, if not him and, and Terry are 1 and 1A, one and then I'd, you got to put Tressway the punter up there. One of the best punters in the league. Uh, Roquan Smith, who's requesting a trade from the uh, Bears, is at number 84. Uh, interesting list, though, as you go down the list. And I thought it was weird because I feel like when they used to do top 100, they used to, like, spread it out. But they literally they did, did, like, from 90. Yeah, they, they used did to from do 100 to 90. And then yeah, they did, they, like, 10 episodes. Yeah, but they did literally from 8 p.m. to midnight. They ran from 100 to 51. Yeah. Um, thought that was weird. James Conner makes it as number 80, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, former Pitt Panther, uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of interesting guys on this top 100 where some of these guys are placed. In my opinion, you have Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles, at 71 plus 21 spots from last year. Was he really that good? I don't know. I mean, according to the, the players, he was. Yeah. Uh, does it say how many quarterbacks are on the list? Uh, no, because they don't want to reveal that. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out. You didn't how like Mac uh, Jones and how, how Kirk Buda Baker drops forty eight and spots. how Derek Carr is sixty five. DeForest Buckner drops thirty nine spots. Derek Carr is at third at sixty five. You're right. Then uh, Devin White, the linebacker for Tampa, drops thirty six spots to to sixty four. Uh, Jalen Waddle, the rookie from last year, makes it as number sixty three. Russell Wilson drops forty nine spots to sixty one, which he was injured last year, obviously for most of the year. Uh, it's just interesting, this list. I believe, are they going, I don't think they're going from 50 to 1 next week. I think they're doing no. like 50 to 30, then yeah. 30 to 20, or 50 to 31, 30 to 21, and then they're doing the last three like that. Let me say this about the quarterbacks. If you switched teams between Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins, they would at the very least switch spots on this list. Because Mac Jones gets to be coached by Bill Belichick, and Kirk Cousins was coached by a defensive coach. I think at the very least, you know, Kirk Cousins is like in the same spot, and Mac Jones isn't on this list because he's playing for the, he's playing for the Vikings instead of. I would disagree, Patriots, because Kirk Cousins would be playing with a terrible. Kirk Cousins was ninety nine. He was. He was. So I don't think they would switch spots because I don't think Cousins would play well. Which with he would have been one hundred. He would have been Patriots have nobody to throw the football to. Yeah. Think about this: Kirk Cousins would have just gotten in at one hundred if Gronk didn't retire. 
So, lots to talk about. We'll keep you updated on the Top 100 as it airs on NFL Network on the Mondays following. Uh, segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk O's and Nats quickly. Nats getting ready to play a game. We'll join that game in progress after today's show. We'll be back in two minutes. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us. And uh, O's get another win last night, guys. My fault. They did go O's. Yeah. They come back. Half a game back. You said they're half a game back. Half now a game back. Uh, they're doing well against Toronto. Been struggling against Tampa. Feel the magic. Well, happen. season's over against Tampa. Every so time you that go. helps. Could and the Yankees, but they lost the season the series. So depending on uh, how things go there toward the end of the year, could be on the uh, way out or could, could miss the, the playoffs. Out. Who knows? Uh, but the Nats they fell last night in extra innings. Uh, to the Cubs in Game 2, sets up the rubber match here in about uh, seven minutes right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Not on TV, not TV 10. 10. I do this again. I don't know why. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM AM 740. Patrick Corbin last night came back to pitch after uh, taking a rotation day off, and he pitched a lot better. Not great. He gave up four earned runs, a home run, but improvement. Do and we see any retaliation see. from last night's uh, dirty play there Happy in extras Corbin. that you sent me? I don't know. That was a pretty dirty play, though, where a guy ran into uh, Cesar Hernandez, I believe, at second base. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, for Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Puy saying so long. We'll be back. We'll be out of Spring Mills practice today. And uh, tonight at 8 p.m. on TV 10 is Martinsburg Bulldogs edition of EPAC All Access. Uh, so, again, for Dylan Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08.